Welcome to episode four of the Peabody Baseball Podcast. Today we have on Jacob Cruz, a former big leaguer and current big league hitting coach with the Milwaukee Brewers. Today he talks about his time in the big leagues, his pillars of hitting as a coach, what it's like to be around Christian Yelich on a daily basis, and much more. Jacob is also the inventor of the Line Drive Pro, one of my favorite tools to help a hitter find their swing. We talk about that. You can find Jacob on social media at Jacob Cruz. You can find the Line Drive Pro on social media at Line Drive Pro. You can also buy the Line Drive Pro at Dick Sporting Goods. I had a great conversation with Jacob. I know you guys will enjoy it, so enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Peabody Baseball Podcast. Today we got Jacob Cruz, former big leaguer, current Milwaukee Brewers hitting coach. What's going on, Jay? Hey, what's going on, John? What are you guys up to? Nothing, man. We talked about it a little earlier, just quarantined up, podcasting, trying to talk to to people that are smarter than me and uh, try to get something accomplished over this break. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and, and coming on and, and taking your time to, to drop your knowledge. I had a, I had a great time meeting you at the, um, at the winter meetings earlier this year and, and listening to you talk about hitting and, and seeing you even just kind of interact with, with, with hitting coaches uh, of all different levels, whether it was guys like me who, have not coached uh, professionally or was you interacting with guys like Bam Bam who are kind of at the top of the list when it comes to hitting coaches? Um, you know, it was, it was fun to see you interact and to, and to hear you talk and hear your thoughts. So uh, thanks again for taking your time to, to, to talking and talking baseball and breaking it down a little bit. No, and I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the compliment. And, and the reality is like, I feel that the blessed, you know, I got to, I got to play this game at the major league level. I'm coaching it at the big league level. So being able to meet people like yourself, I got an opportunity to meet different people at, at the winter meetings and just talk hitting, right? Just being accessible to people, knowing that uh, maybe somebody who's played at the big level, who's coaching at the big league level is accessible to be, so that you, you're able to ask questions and how can I help you? Right? Like that's what it comes down to. We're a baseball family. Uh, if I can help you in any way possible to reach the next level or what you're looking to do, uh, there's gratification in that. And, and to be honest, like uh, I enjoy meeting people and sharing any information that I come across. It might not be the right information, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, and you can tell, like I said, by talking to you that you, that you really do feel that way that, um, and that's the awesome thing about baseball, especially kind of at the top. I feel like it really is kind of a family and, and guys really do try to give back to the game and give back to the people that um, are looking to, for answers and or looking to seek out or just looking to to have good conversations and 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 to develop friendships um in general with guys that are are kind of like-minded and um yeah so uh you've you've you your experience man you've you've been around you've you've done you i'd say you've done kind of everything that that probably most kids that are listening to the podcast uh most players that are playing um and most coaches that are coaching um you know kind of want their kids to do um, you know, you were, you went to Arizona state first rounder played in the big leagues. Um, you know, you want to kind of talk about the early days of, of, of your career? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think above all else, you know, there was a, there's a passion for the game. And, and I talk a lot about this, about this to, to parents. And they always ask me, well, what's the secret? How do I get my son to, to the big leagues or how do I get him to the next level? And, and really just don't kill the love for the game. Right. And I think there's so much information now that's out there for our players and our hitters that 
it can be overwhelming. And sometimes we try to push our kids and, and I, and I'm, I'm right there with, with those parents. I, I have a son now, my daughters, and I'm pushing them in everything, but I also don't want to take for granted the fact that they love the sport or the, whatever they love. And I don't want to take that fun away from them. And, and I think that's what my dad did really well for me. Uh, we just, we just spent time out there. We're just practicing, you know, like throwing batting practice. That was our time. Um, I had just made a great tweet the other day about, you know, the fact that he, he bought, he paid for some lessons and I don't remember anything about the lessons, but I, I remember him working late at night to pay for those lessons. Um, so it was a random thought that came as I'm going to the post office. And I said, I got to tweet this before I forget this. Uh, and it got a ton of, you know, a lot of reviews, a lot of people calling me and, and giving me messages. So, um, but my point is like, don't take it so serious and just let the kids and love the game and, and be passionate about it. And that's really was the secret to me. For me, I went to Arizona State, some pressure there to play at, the, at, the, at that level. I played with Coach Brock, tough, tough uh, coach. Uh, it, it was either his way or the highway. Uh, and in that time, in that era, uh, he controlled it. He, he, he could yell at you. He could kick you out of practice. I was that kid that was immature uh, and, and ran up, up against somebody who was going to challenge me. Uh, we had our, We butted heads. But in the end, uh, I got drafted. He calls me into his, his hotel room. Uh, and then if anybody knows the story to, to Jim Brock, legend at Arizona State, died three, three or four days after we had gone to the World Series. We didn't win, but I think he hung around just to see what the team was going to do in the World Series. Calls me into this room. He tells me how proud of he, he is that I got drafted, that I had come a long ways from that kid that he, that he knew from Oxnard that he recruited to the kid getting drafted in the first round. And all of a sudden I just start crying, right? Like all of a sudden it hits you. Like this guy's had a plan for me the whole time. I've grown up because of Jim Brock. And then I got drafted, you know, by the Giants. So um, really appreciate it. I wish, you know, that, uh, that uh, I would have been able to say that a lot more to him. Um, and I'm hopefully I, one day <laughs> I'll get an opportunity to hug him and tell him how much I appreciate what he did for me. Oh. No, I, that's amazing. I think there's there's a lot to learn from that story, whether it's whether it's the process of you or the, the your passion of, of baseball or like you said, just the the idea of just telling calling a coach and and especially now while we're quarantined up, this is a perfect opportunity to send a text message to to a coach or a player or or a coach send a text message to a player and just tell them, Hey man, I'm I'm thinking about you and you know, remembering that at bat that, that you had or or whatever the case may be and uh take that time to to say something that that you haven't said in a while because like you said you never know when the when your last chance to say something to somebody is um yeah. let's get into your first uh your first big league game so uh one thing that is again kind of a fact that uh, uh an awesome fact and when you talk about you know when guys get drafted part of part of the value of of drafting the guy is how fast he gets to the big leagues um and if we go through your draft class real quick it's a pretty crazy draft class with guys like Ben Grieve, Todd Walker, Garcia Parra, uh, Paul Canerco, Veritek, uh, Gloss, Pesednik, Russell Brannion, Jeff Blum, uh, Pierzynski, Terrence Long, uh, guys like Charlie Ward and Kerry Collins, uh, Heinz Ward, uh, Daryl Ward, Placido Polanco, a lot of, a lot of big leaguers, a lot of longtime big leaguers, a lot of good hitters. Uh, um, you got there, you got to the big leagues before all of them. Um, 
how did you get to the big league so quick? Obviously being a college guy, I'm sure, you know, helps to a certain extent, but what was, what was the key to you getting to the big leagues and what do you remember uh, about getting to the big leagues? Yeah. You know, I, I uh, was drafted in 94, uh, went to double a right away. The, my first full year was in double a the following year. I was in triple a I had a good, good year in double a uh, went to triple a the next year. You know, I, I hung him, I, I hung around, you know, okay. two seventy, two eighty, Um And then I got a call to the big league. So, Really exciting time. Obviously, there it is, like that moment that you get called and says, hey, you're going to be you're going to the big leagues. Everything you've worked for as a kid, all the times that you've missed not going out with your friends, all the times that you've, you're you're traveling to a tournament or you're with your dad working. Right. Like all of us, all of it comes together and you're like, OK, I'm here uh, getting that call. I was in Tacoma. I was in AAA. I get a call to go to the big leagues, uh, the team, the San Francisco Giants. They are at home. I get there. Um, I remember I put on my unit. First thing I did was put on my jersey, right? Like, put on my jersey. I walked to the mirror. I turned around mm-hmm. and saw my name. Like, that was it. The Giants in the front, Cruz in the back. And I was like, holy cow, it happened. You know what I mean? Like, here it is. So I- I'll awesome. never forget that moment. You know, it was a small mirror. It was candlestick. It's an ugly ballpark. But I remember putting on my jersey, walking up to the mirror, and just saying, Taking a deep breath. I'm a big leaguer. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, who did you get your uh, first hitting off of? Do you remember? Yeah, it was my second game. I think it was my sixth at bat. My first game, I got Hideo Nomo. I was hitting eighth. Uh-huh. I got Hideo Nomo right in his prime, and he's throwing that split finger, and he's winding up and twisting and hiding the ball. Uh, I struck out three times, right? So <laughs> I want to. That was ninety ninety six. Yeah. That was I want to say he threw a no hitter in. That was the year he threw a no hitter in Coors Field. Uh, you're probably right because I remember going. I cannot hit that, you know. <laughs> I got to three two. I'm saying I'm thinking to myself, here comes a fastball. Sure enough, two times I got to three two with him. He threw me two splits in that eight hole. Obviously, I was immature. I didn't know about the nine hole behind me, so I I, I wasn't thinking like that, right? Um, <laughs> So the following day, you know, I, I just shook it off. I said, okay, I'm okay. Uh, I get candy Audi, and I was like, oh, man, it's it's a knuckle knuckleball guy. And I was like, all right, well, here it goes, you know. And, and the first one, I, I first that bad, I hit a knuckleball to the warning track. Um, I thought I got it, and, I, and, and uh, the wind held it up. Second at bat, I go 1-0. And I remember in the meeting, they had said, sometimes when he falls behind, he'll get you, a, he'll throw you a flip-me-over curveball for a strike to get back into the count. So what, for whatever reason, I stepped out, stepped in again, and sure enough, he throws this breaking ball. And it's, you know, it's a good breaking ball, but I'm kind of sitting on this pitch. So I put on, put a good swing on it. I hit it to right center field. It gets up in the air. And uh, next thing you know, the ball leaves the ballpark, right? Like, my, I was like, my first hit's a home run. Wow. <laughs> so I'm rounding first uh, base, right? And... and and as I'm going to second base, I'm thinking to myself, did I touch first base? I can't remember. Should I stop and turn around and go back? You know what I mean? And, and then I'll touch second base. And I was like, okay, it's too late now. Hopefully nobody saw it. <laughs> so, uh, and I just couldn't, you couldn't feel the ground. You know, uh, um, I remember I called my dad <laughs> after that first game, though, and just going back a little bit. And I remember I'm in right field and, you know, they say your name. Um, 
and my heartbeat, man, I, I just, I could feel my heartbeat just kind of come out of my chest. And I'm a self-talker, right? I, I told myself like, you know, relax. This is going to slow down. This is going to slow down. And it's against the Dodgers. So there's 50,000 people at Candlestick. Um, and so I got people in, in left field, right field, hanging over, you know, and uh, I could hear everybody. And in the eighth inning, my heart was still racing. It had not slowed down at all. And I remember I called my dad afterwards and I told him, I said, hey, dad, I don't think I'm going to make it. And he's like, what do you think? What, what's going on? He goes, my heart just didn't stop. My heart can't take playing baseball like this. So, yeah, but it eventually did slow down and, and you just play baseball. It gets a little crazy once they throw that third deck on there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And at that time, you know what I mean? Like, and you're out there in right field and, and it's not the stadiums that they are now. Like Candlestick was a football stadium that they made into right. baseball, right? Like, so, so you go to right field and there's lines and there's like potholes and gopher holes. And I was like, wow, this is not the big leagues, but that, that that's what it was at that time. Um, did you, did you figure out how to deal with failure? And like, you know, like I know when I listen to mental coaches talk, they all talk about perspective and it's just whether it's looking at it like it's opening day or looking at it like, uh, you know, it's not about you, it's about your team. What was your way of kind of dealing, you know, going into a game, knowing that you're, you know, 0 for 10 or whatever the case may be? You know, it's funny you ask that. I, I clearly remember that defining moment for me because it is scary. And and I think this is the part that is sometimes we can't measure in a player, right? Like, how are they going to handle failure? Um, but I remember, I remember, you know, I remember being a young kid and then getting hurt, uh, coming back. Next thing you know, I'm in Cincinnati and, and uh, I'm pinch hitting. My role was to pinch hit in Cincinnati. That's what they wanted me, left-handed guy off the bench. Um, and as, as a pinch hitter, you're coming up in the eighth or ninth inning, usually with the setup guy or the closer, right? Like it's a, And then sometimes the game's on the line. You're that guy. And I remember I'm out there, and um, I said to myself, like, hey, nobody forces you to be here, right? Like if you don't want to be here, put your bat down and go home. It's okay. Right. Like, you know what I mean? That, that pressure that you have as a player. But I remember once I said that to myself, like, I felt like this re release of, I don't know, like stress or pressure. And I just played, man. I just had an at bat and uh, pinch hitting became a whole lot easier. Uh, and I share that all the time with, with players because sometimes you can really see the stress on their face, right? Like you can really see they want it. But how do you handle that situation? How do you handle failing, getting up the next day uh, and doing it again and then failing again, right? Like, so right. I, you, you, I was that player. Like if I struggled, I didn't sleep. If I was doing well, I didn't sleep because I didn't want to ruin it, right? Like I don't, don't fall asleep because I don't <laughs> want to lose my stroke. Um, and then the other, the other flip side of it is like, oh, you're struggling. Like we got to figure this out. You know what I mean? Like, and I saw I didn't sleep. So. I could say probably that through nine years of my career, I didn't sleep a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm with you. I was, you know, I was the same way. I think, and I think that's some, to a certain extent, that's the problem with baseball is it's kind of, it's almost taught at an early age, the, the whole superstition thing. And, you know, whether it's wearing the same shirt or not stepping on lines, you know, the idea of, 
you not being in control of the things that you can control or, you know, something stupid, something bad happening because, you know, you didn't, you didn't do something outside of your routine. And again, there's something with the routine that that's super important. But again, I think baseball players were such a, it's kind of a double-edged sword where our routine helps us so much, but then it hurts us. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think every baseball player to some extent is superstitious, right? Like, uh, and you you kind of have to be. We're creatures of habit. We want routine. We want stability. If I get three hits, what did I do to get three hits? What did I eat? How did I get up? Did I put on my the, my my jogging shoes? What you know what I mean? Like, um, and, and yeah. it's a vicious cycle. And and people can really and players can really get caught up in this. So you know, as a coach, you know, who's coached at the minor leagues now at the big league level, you run across that. If I can help a player understand that that's not what the defining moment is for him, um, to to let go of some of that, I try to push that because you just don't want uh, that player to feel like, oh, if my routine wasn't perfect, then my day's thrown off. That's not the case. So uh, there's it's an it's an important aspect of, of of what we do as a hitter as a player, right? Like your routine, but not to the point where. I got to make sure I eat chicken every day, you know, cause I got two hits every day, you know, like that's, that, that could be tough. Um, you kind of say you've coached, you've coached at multiple levels. Um, we all know that obviously hitting at the big league level is the hardest stage to hit, but at the same time you're, you're working with some of the best hitters. So what are some of the things that are, you know, or a thing that makes, that makes it harder to coach at the big league level? And what is the thing that makes it, easier or a thing that's easier at the big league level i'll tell you what the talent is is uh, incredible at the big league level these guys that make it um are are warriors or gladiators at the big they do a lot of things correct obviously there's strength there's talent there's size there's hand-eye coordination there's so many other aspects of hitting that go into it and, and these guys were able to accomplish a lot of it um i think the biggest difference though between the big leaguers and the minor leaguers is the ability to be really good in the middle of the plate, right? Like big leaguers work from the back of the zone to the front of the zone, and they work the middle of the plate out. Uh, they they focus in on being really good where they do damage. If a pitcher's going to make a mistake, they're not going to miss that. Uh, and then they work in the middle of the field, and then they work out, right? So middle of the plate, middle of the field. Whereas a minor leaguer, um, has the tendency to put the T on the outside part of the plate, and then they get the right trajectory, the right flight. They hit the ball to right field. As a right-handed hitter, they hit the ball to right field, but they create a hole on the inside part of the plate. Then they move the T to the inside part of the plate, and they create a hole on the outside part of the plate. So they're always playing that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to patch up a, a flaw here in my swing. I think that, I, I think that if, you, if you're going to be a good hitter, a productive hitter at the big league level, you got to dominate the middle of the plate. Don't worry about the corners. If they throw it there, you, you battle what you can, but you don't miss that pitch down the middle. That's the secret. Uh, I, I agree 100%. And, and that's where I think it rolls into to kind of the thing that you created. And, and I'll let you kind of speak on it a little bit more, but I'll speak on kind of my thoughts on it first. Um, so you're, you're the inventor of the line drive pro? Yes. Yep. All right. So the line drive pro is – I'm not a, you know, I'm a hitting coach. I'm not, I'm not big on gadgets or anything like that. And I really was not big on anything that didn't involve hitting the baseball. 
Um, if it didn't involve hitting a baseball, I didn't really want anything to do with it. So something like the line drive pro was, was something that I didn't, that I, I really wasn't interested in. Um, once I learned, and again, when we kind of go back to, to talking about slumping and finding our swing and, and I think, I think the line drive pro becomes super important. And when it comes to learning how to make certain adjustments, um, that you can't make while hitting the baseball. I think the line drive pro becomes super important. And when it comes to what you were just talking about, controlling the middle half of the field, the line drive pro becomes really important. And those are just things that I, that I really didn't understand when I first, when I was kind of a young coach and I was super into just kind of the old school approach of just kind of hitting, hitting, hitting baseballs off the tee, or if it, like I said, if it didn't hit the ball off the tee, but when you have a hard time finding a trying to find a new swing, the line drive pro for me is is probably the best thing that you can have as a young player. Um, and now I, I try to have you know I, I use it pretty regularly with 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 hitters from nine years old to to my big league hitters. Um, if there's something I tell my kids to buy, it is it is the line drive pro because of the price and because you can use it, you know, in your garage and and use it at a park. Um, so to me, I've, I've, I've learned a lot of value into it. So can you speak on kind of why, how you thought of it, you know, you know, how, you know, how, how, how are hitters supposed to use it? Have you, have you had challenges getting people that have thought like me to, to kind of be able to use it because it really is such a awesome product. Well, I appreciate that. And, and, and I'll be honest, like I wasn't a gadget guy either. You know, I, I grew up the old fashioned way, grit, you know, sweat, grab your batting gloves and let's go and hit, you know, you know, like that's the way you, you, you figure it out. But, but times have changed. Players have changed. And, and um, you know, if there's something out there that can help a player, uh, you give it a shot. Uh, this, this line drive pro came up. I, I remember I'm, I'm working with the player and uh, we did the old bat drill, right? Like you throw the bat and, and there's value in that. Right. I, I love that drill. Problem is like <laughs> people can get hurt. You're, you're throwing a hundred dollar right, bag, throwing a bag. Yeah, right? You're throwing that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So uh, it was really based off of that idea. And I remember I'm working with this player and um, we're working on him keeping length through the zone. Obviously there's so much value in being a hitter that has the ability to keep his barrel working through the zone. He couldn't feel that. Right. I, I mean, we were hitting off the tee, he gets to the contact and it pulls off the, off the, the ball. Um, and even though the result is correct, I mean, he's hitting the ball up the middle the bat barrel, the barrel path is in and out. So, you know, um, I remember he finally did it correctly. I put the tee on the inside part of the plate on the front foot. I said, I need you to figure out how to hit this ball back up the middle. And he did that. And he said that I go, did you feel that? And he says, no. And I said, "Uh Oh, you're in, in my mind. I was like, you're in trouble. If as a hitter, if you can't feel an adjustment, you're in trouble. Right. So, uh, by putting the ball on the bat, and just taking away all the uh, all the other ex external factors, how can you mm -hmm. swing the barrel, swing the bat, and how can I get this ball to fire back up the middle? And your body starts to figure it out. It starts to align. It starts to self-correct um, to be able to do that. If it doesn't, if my body is not correct, my ball my my ball is going to yank off to the pull side. Or if I'm if I lay my bat flat too early, the ball flies to the open side. So. Um, it's been great. We've got a ton of feedback. It's been on the market for five years. We've, we're Dick Sporting, good stores. Obviously, there's videos of big leaguers using it. Aquino burst on the scene as using it on the field last year um, before big league games. And then he had that 
incredible month where he hit, broke the record for most home runs. So I don't promote it to big leaguers, right? Like that's not my market. I, I, if a player wants to use it, I give it to them at the big league level, you know, Hey, I appreciate you trying it. Um, but it's really out there for the parent, the dad, who doesn't know a whole lot about hitting, but wants to spend time with the son or daughter. How do I help my son or daughter with hitting, right? Like, and, and if, if you're going to get a bucket of balls, you know, and get it, get a bat and just get a wall, you can start working on something really productive, really hard to teach too. Uh, and that's worth working with the line drive pro trainer. Yeah. I think it's, like I said, I think the concept of, of taking the idea of trying to, trying to hit the ball out of it and to find the the swing and the feel of the swing is, is, is really, has really changed the way my hitters have been able to, to develop. So um, again, thank you to, thank you for making something uh, that is, that is as simple as that. And uh, like I said, I want to make sure I do all I can to, to make sure that people know that if they're really looking for change, that, that like I said, the line drive pro is, is one of the best tools you can use, especially considering the price. Um, Let's get into your your kind of your post big league career. You, I saw, I pulled up some videos of you hitting some bombs and the and the key and the uh, KBO. Um, how was your experience playing out there? Loved Korea. It was different, right? Like you, you got to go up there with the, with the mindset that it's not the United States. That their baseball over there can be different. There's some really talented players over there. There's some pitchers that threw really hard. There are some really good hitters that. I think now we're starting to see uh, the Korean baseball uh, spilling over to the big leagues. You, you got Ryu, you got some of these other Koreans that are coming to the United States and and, and having an impact. So great, great uh, league. Uh, they pay really well, uh, very competitive, uh, really enjoyed it. They do have their beliefs over there, you know, like they have a double cut. They'll throw the center to short, short to third, third to home, you know, <laughs> and, and as long as you know you're not going to go over there and change that, that's what they want to do. That's how they that's how they play baseball. Um, it, it was it was awesome. It was a great experience. Um, so after that, after the KBO, you got into coaching. Who were some of your early mentors as a coach? You know, um, I relied a lot on the coaches that I had had throughout my career. So Joe LaFay, um, Charlie Manuel. I mean, even Dusty Baker, right? Like you, you learn about so much about yourself when you sit back and you reflect. Now, now I got to teach it. I know what I needed to do to compete and, and get better and, and and get up another level, right? Like, but now I have to teach hitters at a very young age. Sometimes that are 16 years old, coming from the Dominican, Mexico, or Venezuela. You know, how do I connect with this young player? Where do I start? So. Um, it can be overwhelming at times. You know, it's sometimes we think like, wow, it's easy. I just go in there and teach hitting. Sometimes they don't even understand you, you know, like sometimes it's just you speak a different language, you know, like now you got to figure out that barrier amongst all the other things about to go to teaching. So um, I, I was fortunate. I had some very good hitting instructors throughout my career, some very good managers. Everybody left their impression. I think that shapes you as a person, shapes you as a coach. Yeah, so super important, you coaches out there listening. No, you know, don't forget that you guys are you guys are shaping the the next the next managers and coaches. So um, treat them right, do them right. This way, uh, the future of the game stays bright. Yeah. Uh, you brought up Charlie Manuel's name. How was how was how was playing with Charlie Manuel? That's a guy that you know, me being a minor leaguer, 
heard heard nothing but good things about and um you know even being a coach kind of studying and and listening to him talk um how was your time with Charlie? Charlie was awesome and and I think the his biggest attribute he's a communicator man like he makes you feel part of something you know you're, you're part of the team if you don't play he's still coming over talking to you if you're doing terrible he's coming over and talking to you and he's being positive what you see with Charlie Manuel is what you get, right? Like you see the guy doing his interviews. Uh, sometimes he stutters. Uh, sometimes he gives you the impression that, you know, like, like he's just one of the guys and he really is. And he makes you feel like that. And, and that's his biggest quality. And, and, and I'm so excited for him. Like he's enjoying retirement to a certain extent. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies are, are treating him <laughs> well, right? Like he's, he's, a, he's a star over there. And he won a World Series. Like, wow, man, like good for him. Nah, he's one of he's one of my favorites. Um, how so? You were with Pittsburgh last year, um, so unfortunately, you haven't had as much time to spend with the Brewers as you would like because of all the stuff that's going on. But how has it been being around Yelich? Um, and you can speak on others, but I think Yelich is kind of the kind of the name and the guy that everyone wants to know about. But so how how is it being around Yelich on a daily basis? It's been awesome, man. I tell you what, like the guy knows what he's trying to do. He's smart. Um, he, you'd be surprised. He doesn't swing as much as you think he is. He does. Um, and when he does, when he gets out there and takes batting practice, everything's to the pull side. It's crazy. Like it's, that's his way of getting ready. He pulls the ball in the air pretty much every pitch. Um, but that's what he needs to do to be, to feel, uh, his swing, to feel his body movements. Uh, he's obviously he's a special special hitter. Um, and, and, you know, I think this year he was dealing with some things, the contracts that we weren't aware of, you know, closing out on a contract that's going to pay him $200 million. That's probably going to make him a brewer for the rest of his life. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive how he handled going through that and still trying to get ready for spring training. So um, my hat's off to a very, very, very talented player. Great person on and off the field. Again, what you see is what you get. Yeah, I have a kid that I work with who they tried kind of giving him the Yelich comp. And, uh, you know, he's still a young kid in the minor leagues trying to get there. But I'm like, dude, that is a that's a tough that's a that's a tough one to to, to wear right now because, you know, he's he's arguably the best player in yeah. baseball. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, if you could uh, if you could give a tip to some hitters right now listening, what what's a kind of a, a good hitting tip that you could give out? You know. That you haven't talked about already. You've already given out some dimes as far as you know, staying up the middle and all that. So, um, anything else that you haven't? Yeah, spoken you know, yet? I think seeing the game from the big league level, the way players are being evaluated, right? Like, uh, it's not about average anymore, right? Like that that metric has changed. There's no value to it or little value to it. You know, us with the organization with the Brewers, we don't look at batting average. So, um, changing the mindset of like, oh, I just got to get a hit. Uh, to stay alive, I, I get that. That's never going to go away. But figuring out how to barrel balls, you know, that that's a metric that is measured. Uh, barrels, hard contact, quality contact. That's how our organization is grading our players. And that's how they're moving them up or moving them down, right? Like, it's not about average anymore. And, and so um, plate discipline, zone discipline, you know, those things, those are the grades uh, that are evaluating today's players. So uh, I, 
I'd probably want to be leery of, of staying of a, a away from some of the traditional metrics, right? Like that we used and, and understanding how this game is changing um, and for the better. Uh, that's probably the one tip that I would give. The other one would be like, and I tweeted this the other day, I talked about being really good at understanding how to pull the ball correctly. That's probably one thing I'd, I'd go back about my swing and change. I was really good at hitting the ball the other way. I could hit the ball out the other way, but I wasn't great at pulling the ball. I wasn't great at pulling a middle in fastball. Um, and today's game, damage is done pretty much to the pull side, right? Middle of the, middle of the field and, and to the pull side. Most home runs are to the pull side. So understanding how to become a good pull hitter, understanding contact point out in front of the, of the plate uh, is, to me, something that I'm going to teach my son. I'm going to teach him to be more aggressive to the pull side, understanding that, and let the timing of being late be my oppo. Yeah, I think that's something that, again, when you kind of go back and talk to Yelich, um, you know, for me, when I when I talk to my hitters, I will use that analogy every now and then and, and use Yelich. And, and, and when I've heard Yelich talk, he talks about Ichiro kind of teaching him that. Um, out of all people, you know, Ichiro Suzuki being the guy that tries to, to hit pull side dingers in practice. And for me, you know, you know, and Yelich talks about if you can hit it straight, you know, you're obviously doing a lot of things that it takes to take a ball that's away and, and, and have to hit it away or stay on that ball that's away um, long enough to be able to hit it hard. And I, that's something I just don't think a lot of a lot of hitting coaches, players uh, understand that it's that, like you said, it's about staying on the baseball and hitting the ball hard and hitting the ball straight. Um, you know, I don't even think people don't realize that you, it's not even considered hard contact in the big leagues unless it's at 95 miles right. an hour. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and the other, the other <laughs> the great stat out there is pull side launch angle. And you don't hate the, the connotation with, with launch angle, but it's a real stat. Can this guy pull the ball? And if he does, can he get it in the air? If he pulls it on the ground, you're an out. Um, so, well, it, no, I was going to say that that's that's a game changer. That's a, that's, you know, that's that's, you know, especially if you're an undersized guy, like that's how you're going to, you know, that's how you're going to make your yeah, money. You know, you just got to be able to pull a fastball. Now, now, if you're an undersized guy, no doubt, we're not trying to lift the ball. You just got to get on a fastball. You can't be afraid of pulling a good fastball and hitting it hard to the pull right. side. That, that's my point. It's not, you know, you don't have to hit the ball in the air in a home run, but you got to be able to get on a fastball. Uh, if you can't hit a fastball, whether it's at the minor league or the big league, league you're not going to be there very long. So understanding that hitting, getting on a fastball and being able to pull a fastball correctly, uh, very important to to reaching the big leagues, reaching the minor leagues, or reaching the next level that you want to go to. I know, I know, um, Lindor is 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 like an all pull side homer guy. Ramirez is a all is an all pull side homer guy. Posey's a, a pull side homer guy. They they do not, you know, to your point, they 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 pull the ball, they pull the ball hard, they pull the ball in the air. Um, you know, you have to if you're gonna be successful. Yeah, the guys that are that they go foul pull, um, foul pull, the Cabreras, the Trouts, they're few and far in between, right? Like those those guys have speed, bat speed, they got mass, uh, they got zone discipline. They can do that. Most everybody can't hit a ball down the right field line as a home run, right? Like that's really hard to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, just like I said, pull side, uh, hitting the ball to the pull side is, to me, very, very important. I mean, it just 
just for coaches out there, you know, some of the core beliefs that I have as a coach is one, I believe in contact point. You know, I'm trying to catch the ball out in front. Um, one, I, I believe in the tightness of the turn. How, you know, how quickly can I move energy through the kinetic chain? That means how tight can my swing be? And, and then the other one, like I said, is uh, the other one is like uh, uh, not undervaluing uh, pull side and overvaluing going the other way. Uh, that's my coaching, you know, pillars, my three. And when I talk to players and I'm working with a player, it's rhythm, timing, and stroke. Is the rhythm good? Is the timing good? And then the last thing, if, if those two things are good, the stroke's probably going to be there. I think you guys are really quick to jump into the stroke and, and you realize like, well, wait a minute, like the timing might be off. The rhythm might be off. Well, that all affects the stroke. So I try not to go to mechanics. It's the easiest thing to do. I love mechanics. But when you're talking with players, man, you can really put a hitter in a bad spot if you're always constantly talking about mechanics. Right. Timing and rhythm. I know for me, I, you know, I talk about the death of the American hitter because they're trained so much to kind of hit one speed. Um, you know, to where if you look at the Latin, the Latin countries where they're hitting bottle caps and they're they're hitting things that are constantly moving and you and, and as soon as it's thrown you you know it's going to be moving um there's just a little bit more of of controlled aggression there opposed to guys just jumping out on their front foot knowing they're getting a bp fastball and then kind of getting ex- exposed a little bit more in the yeah game. yeah no, no doubt I, you know it's uh and, and there's, there's so many drills you can do to try to to change that uh and like you said it's it's um uh, everybody's so used to just having that ball grooved in there, right? Like, but that's not hitting. That's not, you don't account right. for the variables of velocity <laughs> movement and location that's hitting, right? Like, so, uh, I mean, one of the drills that you can do that I love is, is taking your hitters out there and just throwing them BP, right? Regular BP, but throwing it all over the place and figuring out, have them swing at everything, figure out. And then afterwards, talk to them, say, what did you do? Well, where did you hit the ball? Where was your strength at? Where did when you when you squared up the ball? Where was it? So the middle out, up, up and away pitch, you didn't do anything on that pitch. Probably not the pitch that you can do anything in the game. And you start defining zone discipline that way by just letting them know what they can't and can't hit, can and can't hit hard. You know, one hundred percent. You you are you you're a big league hitting coach. You're a big league player. You know, people would look at you as a hitting guru to a certain extent. Um, how do you get smarter? How do you learn more about hitting and how do you learn more about the game considering how much you know about it? You know, you're always, you're always looking and staying alert on anything that's coming out there. There's always new technology. How can I be in front of everything that's coming out? And you learn from people too. Like I don't always agree with people on, hitting Twitter, right? Like there's some things that some philosophies that are way out there, right? Definitely not. <laughs> but you try to see why, why are they trying to teach that? Um, what are they missing? Right? right. And so where before I used to try to fight them, like, no, they're, you're so wrong. Like you're not going to fight them. Right? Like you, it's up to the parents to figure out who they want to take their kid to. Um, and that's, if they choose to go to that way, that's fine. You know, there's value in that as well. But for me, I, I try to say, I don't I disagree. I disagree with this. This is why. Or I agree with this. This is why. I try to look at it every which way possible. Um, and then just leave it at that. But I'm always trying to 
I don't try to dismiss something right away. I, I try to dissect it, really get into it. Why is he teaching this? Why don't I agree with it? Um, and you learn so much from not agreeing with people, right? So, <laughs> right. That's what I try to tell my guys is, is make it make sense. Like you find someone that's saying something that you don't, that you definitely like, just, just find the why to it, find what he's trying to say and, 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 and make it make sense to you to, to, you know, you're kind of your way and, and don't make it uh don't make it a him versus you thing. You know, guys are out there at the end of the day, they're trying to help you. I haven't met a hitting coach. That's really not trying to help somebody, no matter what they're saying to a guy. And it's just, like you said, he's getting you to, if he's telling you to swing down on it and that's not your thing, like, you know, make it make it make it work for you you know your way understanding what he's trying to say you know there's there's a different way to 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 take certain things and and just because it's not said exactly the way you want to say it doesn't mean that um, that it's completely right. wrong right and like you know hitting coaches like we all see the swing we all know what a beautiful swing's supposed to look like right like you know you, you can look at, at a swing and go like that's it or it isn't it right um either way right, right. that the one the one that you say is it that might not even compete in the game. And then the one you say that's not it, that might be the way the guy figures out how to get the barrel to the front of the zone and you don't touch him, right? You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah. And I think hitting coaches have types too. I think guys, you know, it's like a girl. Like, you know, some guys like blonde, some guys like brunettes, and some guys like some guys like bigger swings, some guys yeah. like smaller swings, some guys like big leg kicks, some guys don't. And I think guys are just biased to the thing that they like sometimes, no matter what walks in front of them, they're going to say the thing that they like. is. Well, you better. said that, not me. I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I'll use that analogy, but yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you. And, and, and uh, everybody, every, every hitter is so different, man. I like just go after their strengths. What do they do? Well, let's hone in on that. Let's make that even better. Um, and, and if, if everybody's teaching the same swing, that's probably not the right thing for hitters because they're so individualized, man. They they move so different. You know, now with mobility assessments, you can find out who moves well, who doesn't move well. You can tailor a swing based on mobility rather than the visual aesthetics. Oh, he looks like a yellage, so he has to swing like a yellage. No, that's not the case anymore, right? Like he might look like a yellage, but he moves totally different than yellage. Right. So uh, that's where baseball and hitting has grown and it's continues to grow. Let's get into some uh, some stories. You said you got a you got a Manny Ramirez uh, story. Yeah. I mean, I got a ton of Manny Ramirez stories. Like he is as unique of a personality as it gets. <laughs> but, you know, I think everybody sometimes think like, oh, man, these players are they're so serious or. You know, like they're, he's probably at home resting and he's getting ready for this playoff game. And I, and I think it was like 99 or 99 or 98. Um, we're playing Boston and uh, Manny, you know, we're, we're, we're practicing and Manny shows up the day before the game. And, and uh, he sits in, in his in his dug in his locker room and he pulls up his shirt and it's all bandaged up. And everybody's like, what's wrong? What happened? He's like, oh, no, nothing. And, and so he takes off the bandage and he he gets this huge tattoo you know, on his arm. And it's got this Vaseline and it's got this tape all around it. And I'm like, Manny, you got a playoff game against Boston tomorrow. Pedro's throwing. Are you going to be ready? Oh, yeah, puppy. Don't worry. 
don't worry. And and that's that was his personality, right? Like that was Manny. He just thought about the moment, and I think it's a reflection of when he went up to the plate. Man, he just didn't think about what he did the previous at bat. Had he had gone zero for five, he was in that moment. Um, an incredibly special, talented player, probably the best right-handed hitter that I have uh, had the pleasure one of playing and being around. But that's Manny. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, you know, and again, you're around him on a regular basis, but, you know, the guys that I've been around that were in the big leagues and the big leaguers that I know, they're a little different. They think a little bit differently. You know, I'm not going to say that they're weird, but they definitely think a little bit differently. And you could see how they're not affected by big moments or failure or things that, you know, might affect kind of the normal yeah, person. Yeah, and that's a big part of being a big leaguer, right? Like being able to dismiss the failure, just let it go, let it, let that slide off of you and move on to the next moment. And we see that a lot. We see some very talented players at the minor league level who have a hard time letting go of the failure. Uh, and then it affects, it snowballs, them, snowballs on them and it affects their next at bat. It affects the game. And it sometimes even affects their life socially, how they interact with other players, how they interact with their girlfriends. Uh, so uh, it's one of those things that if you can help a player early on handle failure, we don't have to love the failure. We, we don't have to accept it, but it is part of our game. Got to let it go. I think that's a good one to end on. Let the, let everyone know how they can get a hold of you, how they can hear more of you, how they can get a hold of the line drive pro. All yeah. I'm stuff. on social media everywhere. You know, Jacob Cruz 09 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's line drive pro trainer on all of those social platforms. Send me a message all the time. I'm constantly answering uh, questions from coaches. They send me videos of their kids. I give them input on whatever I see. I'm happy to talk to anybody. Um, I don't, I don't argue with anybody on social media anymore. So uh, if you're looking to argue, I'm probably not the right guy. Uh, but if you're looking for some information on how I can, or how I can be a service, I'm always available to anybody. Well, again, I appreciate you taking the time and giving out the knowledge that you've given out. Uh, it's it's years of work and and you know blood, sweat, and tears, and 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 hard work to kind of learn and understand the things that you understand. So um, for you to sit there and, and and give out the info, you know, for me, I don't take it. You know, you know, watching guys play, but listening to them talk and listening to them listening to them, you know, go through their experience and their mindset. Um, to me, is so valuable. So, like you said, I appreciate you taking the time and, and, well, and giving I it away. You, John, and what you're doing for the sport and growing the sport and helping our youth and all the coaches out there that are helping our youth becoming good men in in our in our in our society. Man, my hats off to you guys. Uh, let's all stay together. We're a family. We're in this together. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate it. We'll do it awesome. again sometime. Talk, great soon. talking to you.